Chapter 23 The Reclaimers Put the ship down, now, Callie shouted. The fresh bandages Deus had applied to her midsection were already blotching red in a few places. She steadied herself against the bookshelf next to the fainting couch Elias lay on in Hal's parlor. The ship rocked from side to side and Dixie steadied the one-legged man. Miss Callista, Deus said, holding his hands out. I have been instructed to not let you leave this room. Then you're killing him. The kingfisher bounced again, throwing them both off balance. May I remind you that there is a battle still going on outside. Then why are we... Why are we still in it? Callie asked, pulling herself along the bookshelf toward the exit. I can keep us from freezing if we head toward the origin. Nobody will be able to follow us. She blinked hard, focusing on staying conscious. Deus cut her path off. By the time this ship reaches Erasmus, countless years will have passed for him and the rest of the world, he said. Atma will be thrown into chaos, and they're going to need someone to guide them. The Elorians will lose patience waiting for Halcyon. They'll invade Atmo in retaliation for the Collective's actions. Callie thought for a moment. Deus, please, I can keep this ship from getting stuck. Her stomach shot a new wave of pain through her, causing her to cringe. Are you so certain of that as to risk the world? Deus asked. She wasn't. For all she knew, the serum Lupava had given her might have been temporary. Deus sighed. Callista, I need you to understand something. You are the last surviving child from the train. I found your adoptive parents and only released you upon the condition that they take you as far away from the time origin as possible, he said. I can't let you do the exact opposite of that. The last? Callie asked. To hear someone finally confirm her suspicions gave her an odd relief in the wake of learning that everything about her past was a lie. But such truths would have to be examined later. If there was a later. Yes, and it has pained me to watch each child die off, Dea said, compassion filling his eyes. Something happened to them after all their time in that tunnel. Please don't let me fail my mission. Rest kept me alive, Callie said half to herself. Time is everywhere, Deus. Maybe being in verdant help, but the only thing that stopped my pain was Ras. She swayed, and Dixie stood to support her. And I'm not about to let him die when he spent most of his life keeping me alive. Let me take a shuttle. You're in no state to go... I'll fly her down there, Dixie said, getting a better grip on Callie. If we get stuck in time, then we get stuck in time. I'm all right with a fresh start. She smiled faintly. Don't worry, Stretch. At least if we freeze, you'll die knowing she outlived you. Deus eyed Dixie, then Callie. He stooped and collected a fresh wrap of bandages from beside the couch. She's going to need these. Callie watched Dixie work the controls of the shuttle as the door to the Kingfisher sealed, separating them from Deus. Do you know how to fly this thing? Callie asked from the bench, carefully buckling herself into the restraints. Dixie studied the controls. Nobody told me everything would be labeled in gibberish. She turned back to Callie. Hold tight. This might get interesting. Define... The third lever Dixie pulled ejected the shuttle mid-flight. The wings telescoped out and the one to port struck the kingfisher as it continued to fly forward, sending the shuttle into a spin. Callie felt her stomach painfully lift as she clutched her restraints, waiting for the engines to engage. Moments passed and they continued to fall. What are you doing? Making us a harder target, Dixie shouted back, flipping switches, pulling levers, and mashing buttons at random. They plummeted past the Lorian Collective and Sky Pirate ships alike. Intentionally? A blast from the engine shot them forward, upside down. Their restraints dug into Callie's shoulders. Dixie pointed to the spire of the time origin in the distance. Is that little black spot him? Her speech showed signs of slowing as she rolled the shuttle to the correct orientation. Dixie? Callie asked. What? Say something. Like... Just talk about anything. Be yourself, Callie said. Dixie looked back, furrowed her brow, then shrugged. When I was six, we had a cat named Bootsy, not because of her white paws, but because she liked to hide in my dad's boot. Land the shuttle, Callie commanded. Hold on. Why? 
Dixie's speech was continuing to slow. The newfound lackability wasn't holding up well against such a close proximity to the time origin. Before long, her sphere of influence might shrink to the degree that she would find herself trapped inside the shuttle without an escape. Please, Callie said, just land. They were nearly a mile away from the towering structure that bathed the world around it in purple. Dixie pushed down on the controls. Let's hope one of these puts down wheels. She played with the controls. Console lights flicked off, windshield wipers swiped, and a bout of static across the speakers. Finally, the ship lurched silently. I think that might have done it. Might? We're landing one way or another, Dixie said. What's the rush? Days was right. I would have gotten the Kingfisher stuck. Dixie evened up the shuttle, then descended until they skimmed along the ground. What are the chances he's alive? She asked. I don't know. The shuttle dropped, bouncing on the craggy ground. Dixie pushed the controls back down, forcing the ship into a rough landing and an eventual halt. Callie undid her restraints. Hopefully I'll be back before you know it. She stood, felt a dizzy spell wash over her from the pain, then closed her eyes to steady herself. Working the shuttle door's release, Callie pushed her weight against the exit until it cracked open enough for her to slip out. An oppressive dry heat assailed her as soon as she made it outside the shuttle. The ground ahead looked distorted. The heat waves were caught in a time thicker than she experienced. Clutching her stomach, she picked up into a jog. Every footfall sent a shock through her body, and the distortion made it nearly impossible to tell how much further she had to go. After five minutes of jogging, she noticed the white wrap had turned almost completely red, and the sight of blood shocked her into a walk. Not much longer, she thought, unsure of whether she meant how far she had to go or how far she could go. The crystal spire seemed to grow in front of her, forcing her to constantly reestimate how high the structure actually stood. Above the peak of the origin hung the wreckage of the brass fox, and for a moment Callie worried that Rass was in the impossible-to-reach ship, but a dark blur ahead gave her hope. She picked up into a shambling jog again. Something felt wrong in her midsection, but it was too late to turn around and have Dixie fly her away. Rass, she shouted, but the name rang hollow in her head. The dark form became less blurred by the heat waves as she neared. It was Rass, but he wasn't standing. His prone form lay stretched out on the ground ten feet away from the Time Origins base. She picked up speed as fast as her body would allow, until she slid in beside him, kicking up dust that froze once it left her receding radius. Rass, she said, wake up. Kneeling, she brushed his hair off his forehead. That usually does the trick. Looking down, she noticed just how much blood soaked his shirt and shoulder, the excess of it dripping to the parched ground beneath him. Without thinking, she put her ear to his chest. She couldn't tell if she felt anything over her own racing heart. Lifting her newly sticky cheek from his torso, she saw his bracelet clutched in his hand. You listen to me, Erasmus Fear. Tears began forming. You don't know how to quit, you understand? You'd never given up on me before, so you can't start now. She dropped to her side, wishing she could have done more. Placing her hands on his left arm, she shook him violently until the pain nodded to an unbearable level. I was supposed to stop them, not you. You were supposed to go home and have a family again. The deep pulse of the time origin seemed to grow louder, as if welcoming her towards sleep. The sound of the wind came to her ears, joined by the crackle of fire rushing toward them. Above, the brass fox had dislodged itself from its moment in time and raced towards the ground. It crashed down ten feet beside them, sending debris flying. Callie instinctively shielded Rass from the scraps of glass and flaming wood. She then looked back to Rass's bloody face as the calm returned. She wiped away a tear. I'm your navvy. And you're not supposed to go anywhere unless... unless I tell you. The pain forced her to lay down next to him. Struggling to shift his left arm out, she rested her head in the crook of his shoulder. There was comfort there, like the side of her head was made for it. I love you, she said softly, closing her eyes. I always have.